Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, we are free and available on all platforms. And thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. My name is Nick Bondi. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. Uh, I'm joined as always by my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin. You can follow him on Twitter at Lock in the Crease. And Lachlan, you have some big news for the listeners. Why don't you tell them yeah. what's going on? Yeah, I am. Uh, I have officially joined the team over at Canucks Army. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, a bunch of articles uh, for for them this season. Really appreciative to a uh, friend of the show, uh, David Quadrelli, uh, managing editor, editor in chief of the whole Nation Network, actually. Uh, for Capital uh, J journalist, Capital J journalist uh, David Quadrelli. I'm uh, really appreciative to Quads for uh, giving me the opportunity. This has been something we've been uh, trying to work on getting done for quite a while, uh, trying to, uh, trying to bring me on. And so, uh, and so, yeah, to see it kind of finally come to fruition today, right. Uh, my first article came out, uh, just this morning before we started recording, uh, was honestly super exciting. I've wanted to work at Canucks army. I wanted to write for Canucks army for a very long time. Uh, really since I started writing like five, six years ago now. So, uh, exciting to finally see it, uh, to finally see my name on that, uh, up the, on that, uh, on that site. It's pretty cool. Yeah, big news. You are officially now, you know, we joked about it before. You are the big J journalist of the podcast. You officially are now. Like, there's no debating <laughs> it. You are the big J journalist of the podcast. A writer for Canucks Army, like, very much the big J journalist of the podcast. Absolutely. I mean, it sure feels like it that way. It sure feels like it. I mean, like, I, I don't know if there's any other site in, you know, in the area that or like, there are not many, there are not many websites like Canucks Army out there that uh, where they have such like a direct pipeline of so many great people who have like, who have come through, wrote something, wrote a few things and then gone on to these awesome to these awesome like uh future endeavors and stuff like just the and not even just in vancouver like all across the board obviously they're the well-known history of the computer boys has been told many a time uh through their through their adventures in the nhl uh you know obviously and a lot of a lot of guys uh who wrote for canucks army still work uh still work around here for different outlets uh and uh yeah it's it's it definitely it's definitely one of those things where it just got like such a cool group of people who have gone who've walked through who've like come through and been a part of it that like it feels like you're part of something special when you get to do it yourself yeah just just a, for clarification for those who are listening to this podcast maybe outside of the lower mainland you don't know the history of canucks army it's as close to being you know a big j journalist as it gets without you know writing for the vancouver province or the vancouver side like i like block said, it has a very rich history of writers who have gone on to do great things you know over the Pretty much the past decade like it's been a pipe like you said it's been a pipeline yeah. of you know writers going to do bigger and better things i think patrick johnson like if you want to look at big j journals he used to wrote for them guys like jd burke right yeah guys like jd yeah. burke you know running elite prospects now so it, it's uh good good for you lachlan I, i'm very proud of you i feel like a proud dad right now uh <laughs> it's uh it, i know how hard you've worked to you know get to this point and i'm very excited for you i'm very happy for you thank you bondi i really appreciate it <laughs> Yeah, not a problem, not a problem. But uh, let's get into today's episode. Uh, we're going to break down both games 
from this past weekend, the game versus the Philadelphia Flyers and the game versus the Detroit Red Wings. And we'll talk about the whole uh, Philip Zadina, Connor Garland incident uh, at the very end of the podcast. But let's get right into it. Friday's game versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Connects won 5-4 in a shootout, obviously blew a 4-2 lead. And I would have been a lot more upset if they blew a 4-2 lead to a Western Conference team, especially a Pacific Division team, and give away a free point. Like that it is never good, but it's an Eastern Conference team. It's a team you're not battling for a playoff spot, right? So at, at the directly at least. So at the end of the day, not really a big deal. At least you've still got the two points. Uh, I think but Vasily Podkolzin got his first NHL goal. Great snipe too. High glove on a uh, Carter Hart, and he had to not have a good game. Carter Hart. We called him Carter Fart on the uh, on the last podcast, and he lived <laughs> up to his name, man. Like that guy stinks. That guy stinks. Uh, I I I have so I honestly have so much faith in 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 Carter Hart, and it's really sad that it it had to co- it had to be this way. That goal, that goal Elias for- Patterson scored, where he like he, he just didn't hug the post. Like I even know how to, I even know to hug the post when I play ball hockey, and, and I'm in goal with my buddies. Yeah, I mean, goaling one one. Yeah, you. It's a. It was. It was very much a. He did not get to the post quick enough. As soon as he did, it was kind of a panic move to try to put his body in front which meant he didn't cover it properly. And that opened it up to like, and that opened the, oh, there was two of them really, I guess there. Yeah, there was the one that he didn't seal the post. And then there's the one with uh, JT Miller, where Pedersen basically does the same thing. The wraparound, he doesn't get it, doesn't get over. It rolls across the line and uh, Miller puts it in. It was a, it was a game where uh, Pedersen to his credit was doing a very good job at kind of reading the, at reading the boards and reading the goaltender making moves, which is something like that, not every NHL player does like and it, lots of NHL players, you know, they, they just focus on getting their shot off and just trying to pick the perfect, the pick, the perfect spot. Uh, really great players are able to kind of notice the, the body language on the goaltender and where, and what the goalie's doing. Those are both like, and the, and for Pedersen, those were both very heads up plays where he knows exactly what he's trying to do. And he knows exactly what he's seeing Carter Hart trying to do in the, uh, trying to position himself to do. So the way he was taking advantage of that was really good. The the two goal lead, the the blown two goal lead. I will say that you know you're right. Like it is, it is thankfully not a point given up to a, a team you're fighting for a playoff. You're going to be fighting for a playoff spot with in April. Um, but you do you are, and and you know it's still early. But you do want to see them close out games. Like that's obviously very important to this uh, right now, especially because you know. They've so far three points on three game road trip. Uh, as we'll get into the Detroit game, obviously in a bit, but uh, you know, three games on a road tri- points on a on a three game road trip so far. That's considered a pretty good a pretty good run. Uh, giving up five points out of, in out of a possible six in three games is less good. So I I, I feel that they need. I do want to see them. You know, not uh, not necessarily panic too much when it comes to uh, a lead that might start to slip on them a bit. Um, I, I think you saw pretty clear evidence of that. There was, uh, the, uh, on the tying goal where it's an, the, the icing call goes against them. It shouldn't have been icing it, uh, it a hundred percent shouldn't, uh, shouldn't have been. And, uh, but that's the, what I, like I said on Twitter at the time, like that doesn't excuse the fact that Claude Giroux was left wide open on one side to pick his corner. Uh, there, like, it was just it, a very just, passive, uh, third period for the Vancouver Canucks. I found. That was my main yeah. issue with the third period is they were just kind of sitting back and letting the Flyers dictate things, which I didn't like. 
Yeah, they got a little lackadaisical. They weren't really put. They they felt the game was fully in hand, and they didn't push. They didn't push the the matter. They kept. They they kind of just let. They they thought they could maybe coast on Thatcher Demko just being Thatcher Demko, but again, he can't do that for you every night. He can do that for you a lot, but you're gonna have to step up and kind of and kind of keep making his job easy when you've got the foot on the throat don't take it off. You got to just keep pushing and keep trying to put the puck in the net over the course of the game. Yeah. And Vasily Pod Colson uh, scored a goal, but he got stable to the bench pretty much the entire third period. Right? Like that was, that was a bit of a questionable decision. I think by Travis green, because I think you know, Vasily Pod Colson, yes, he's a rookie, but what's his one thing that he's good at the defensive side of the game. Like, I don't think Vasily Pod Colson is a liability in, in a two goal with a two goal lead. Right? Like I think he's defensively responsible enough to hold his own with a two goal lead. That's why I didn't like from Travis Green. Yeah, I I I don't know what to fully make of that of that uh that benching decision. Uh especially cuz like look, there was no play in that game where it was it you know, obviously Travis Green has a bit of a notorious history of when a, you know, a rookie makes a mistake, they get like stapled to the bench a, a lot of the time. But there wasn't really that moment for Pud Colson. Like he didn't, there was not a play where he was like looked egregiously, where he made an egregious error of some kind. Like he didn't, it just didn't happen. It was just it just seemed to be a case of, oh, he's young. I'm not gonna put him in a in a dangerous defensive uh sort of situation or whatever. Especially considering Travis Green said like in the in the post game that he he told he told Vasily prior to the game that he felt he was gonna score tonight. So like he told him beforehand that he thought it was gonna be his night. Um, so nice it is to see the fabled, sorry, nice to see the fabled Travis Green pregame talk coming back. Yeah, you yeah. always, always nice to whisper something into a player's ear when they're doing, uh, when they're doing poorly and it seems to work. It seems to work. Um, that, that, that put Colson goal was really cool to see. Uh, it was a, it was just a great shot off the wing. Um, and the, the way, like, I think, I think the way he reacted is something I haven't seen from a lot of Canuck forwards. We have a lot of guys on this team that are more of the stoic, the very stoic type. Uh, and you just see Vasily Bud Colson basically just full on screaming at For the top. First of the goal, man. It. Get, get hyped. Yeah. Get hyped. I loved it. I loved it. And, uh, one thing I also really loved is, uh, after the game, Pedersen was talking about how he's like, Oh, it really reminded me of my first goal. And if you go back and look at the tape, like if you go and look at the highlight of Pedersen's first goal, it is practically identical. Yeah. Same, same coming off the wing, same shot, yeah. just right around the circle. Literally, the a top only shelf sniz, not a snipe, a yeah. sniz. Yeah, a top sure a top shelf sniz. And literally, if he had just done it a game earlier, it would have been on the same goalie, Mike Smith. Uh, it was, it was, it was ear. It's eerie how close those two goals were in similarity. And it's and it was a very cool it was a very cool moment and uh, yeah felt it, it it was it's good to see Bud Colson get that kind of out of the way that's sometimes the hardest barrier for a rookie is scoring that first one is always the most nerve wracking because you just want to get it out of the way and done um, so at, I think now that he's now that he's gotten it it's going to be things are going to he'll be able to calm down a little settle down a little bit and settle more into the the role he's going to play on this team going forward. And what I also liked is all the teammates reposting the Vancouver Canucks uh, post on Instagram with him and his first NHL goal puck. Like you can already tell he's a beloved teammate. Like people, the guys on the team really like this guy. They really like this guy. Yeah. You want team, you want teammates that you like to be around and like, 
yeah, winning's great, but you want to win with you want to win with people you like. It's easier to win with people you like than people you don't like. So yeah, it's good. It's 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 nice to know that I feel like the Canucks for the last little while have been a pretty tight knit group. Like they real, especially like that core group. They're really, they're really they're they're a close they're a close group that really wants to try and win together. And that's and that's something you can't discount. Like you can win. You know, talent can talent obviously is what gets you to to championships and what gets you to the final to the end result, but having a group that you can rally around is a lot of it too. So that's a, that's a, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to see. Yeah. And we quickly have to touch on, uh, on Thatcher Demko's performance. I think we're going to be saying this a lot during uh, the regular season. Thatcher Demko kept them in this game, especially in the first period, right? He made a bunch of, you know, five alarm saves that I think really kept them in this game because the flyers were pushing in that first period, you know, home opener, everyone's juiced. I think he really kept them in the game, especially in that first period. Yeah, Demko is Demko is proving very quickly that he is, you know, that he is everything that they expected to him to be. Like and especially like in terms of the way that he how he handles pressure and how he handles uh playing in t- in tough games and and games where he's not always getting the help he needs. Like you mentioned his first period, the first period he held them in it. That game very easily could have been uh sealed and delivered to the Flyers by the end of the first 20 minutes uh, and the fact that they were even able that they were able to stay involved in that game and end up and get and gain a four uh four and put up four consecutive goals or uh, four i guess four not consecutive four goals in the second in the second period uh is largely due to just uh how well he played they uh, they they're not in that game without him and and yeah you're I, again i'm very i've been very adamant that i feel that Thatcher Demko is on his way very quickly to becoming one of the the best goalies in the NHL. I think he'll be in that. Uh, he will. I think he'll be in that conversation by the end of this season. And so far, the results are looking like that's pretty. Like that's like that's pretty clear. Yep. And uh, the kind of the same thing happened to the Canucks uh, in Detroit. They kind of got a. Uh, they kind of got goalied uh, by the Detroit's uh, tender. But before we talk about the Detroit Red Wings game on Saturday. I want to talk to everyone about DirecTV. DirecTV is a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. DirecTV Stream brings you your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, which means you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And the best part, there is no annual contract. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Okay, so the game on Saturday versus the Detroit Red, Red Wings. First and foremost, I think we could both agree they got goalied. They got goalied by Thomas Grace. Thomas Grace. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, it and that's going to happen over any two game season. You're going to get goalied, and your goalie is going to steal you points. And we expect Thatcher Demko to steal, you know, connect a bunch of points. We just talked about it, but they got goalie. They should have won that game by all things considered, completely outshot them, completely outplayed them, especially in that third period. They're really pressing, you know, a number of shifts where they were hemming the Red Wings back in their uh, back in their own zone. Just couldn't get them past Greg. I mean, Bo Horvat had a great chance at the side of the net. There was just a, they, they had like a bunch of chances to tie the game and, and get something out of this game. But unfortunately, it just wasn't to be, uh, especially Thomas Grace. He just had a great game. You got to tip, you know, tip your hat to a, a goaltending performance like that, right, Lachlan? 
Yeah, Thomas Grice was very good in that game. And especially in the third period when they were really pressing, really getting their opportunities. One thing I did want to I did want to touch on though is that I I I feel that, you know, the 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 high shot total particularly be, be, uh due to like I think they had 23 shots in the third period uh against Detroit. I feel like the shot total misconstrues misconstrues the story of the game a little bit. Okay. Because you think it's a fugazi? You think it's fake? Not it's fake. Not not fake. They were definitely re like Thomas Grice definitely held them out of that game. But I also feel like as a group, as a full group, I feel like the entire like I didn't get the like the full team didn't show up. Like I feel like those forty six shots are more indicative of about half the team rather than the full group. Um, because like there was a full, there was I like the first tw- 40 minutes of that game, it seemed like the only two people who were creating any sort of offense, like regular offensive, like threat were Connor Garland and Nils Hoaglander. Outside of them, you didn't really, you weren't seeing a whole lot from the rest of, from the rest of the team. Like guys were definitely getting chances and shots. Uh, weirdly, Tyler Myers was very good at like not just in the offensive side of the things but actually keeping chances from the red wings out of their own zone he was quite he did a, he had a very good game um oh but like there was definitely lots of parts of the of the of the group that i felt were a little quiet and were not really doing and just weren't really pulling the same uh weight and i think that that's the reason they lost at the end of the day is it kind of felt like they, you got a, you got a situation where they were both clearly the better team, but also not fully good enough. Like there was very much a mixture of one half of the team showed up and the other one kind of didn't, if that makes any sense. No, no, it, do, it does make sense. There was a few players. I think, you know, looking back now that you mentioned it, that didn't really do anything. You, like I said, like they did outshot the, they did outshoot the red wings. They should have probably won that game, but, you know, it, it still goes to show that you still need a full team to show up to win in the National Hockey League, no matter the uh, the team you're facing, right? Yaroslav uh, Halak, it was his first game in net for the Vancouver Canucks, and I came away thinking this guy does not inspire that much confidence. That was my issue. Like, he had a shaky start. He kind of cleaned it up uh, towards the end of the game, but I, I just watching that game, it's just like, man, like, this guy does not inspire that much confidence, especially like in in contrast to Thatcher Demko. Right, like you're playing in front of a your fear Canucks player. You got Demko between the bites. Like okay, like we have a chance. Even if I don't have a perfect defensive game, we have a chance to win this game. And it's a lack. It's like if I don't have a perfect defensive game, we may lose this thing. So there, there's obviously like a big drop off, I think, between Demko and Halak, especially with their puck playing abilities. Right, like Halak, especially playing the puck, did not inspire that much. He's a wanderer. Yeah, he's not that good at playing the puck. So, like, and you know what? It's his first game. He doesn't know the defense. You know, the, the defense doesn't know, you know, what his tendencies are. They're going to have to work that out. But it, Halak does not inspire that much confidence, I think, uh, going forward. I, yeah, it was a little. That but you're the goalie. I want to hear your yeah. thoughts. You are the goalie expert, of, as, yeah. as well as a big J journalist of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, the the draw the the jump between going from a game started by Demko to a game started by Halak, uh, it very it it reminded me a whole lot of uh the the oh six oh seven season when Luongo uh, Luongo's first year in Vancouver and all the times they had to go to Danny Sabrin uh just because he need because Lou needed a night off 
and and I think oh it took it took poor Danny Sabrin so long to win a game like it, I think it took him like eight I think it wasn't until like the ninth try that they finally won and part yeah. of that was due to the fact that Canucks did not have a good defense at that time hey, he like, held the fort okay. when Luongo was going to the bathroom so he did his job yeah that was that was Sabrin's big moment that was Sabrin's big moment where it like it just like he showed up at the perfect time um and uh, yeah yesterday i think the two things were very there were two things that were very clear one was halak is a goaltender that you know i've watched halak for a long time like he's been a goalie i've always enjoyed watching play um but one thing about him is that he thrives mostly at least i found he thrives mostly in games where he's getting a lot of shots where he he like every goaltender is different i think people uh sometimes don't realize that like there are some goaltenders who want as few who are great when you're playing let when they only have to face as little shots as possible they're there to just be the you know the lat very much that last line of defense and then there are some goaltenders that want to that need to that need to get a feel for the game and need to get as many like feel, get take as many shots on net as possible to like stay in it and stay active in the game Halak is kind of one of those guys. So I think the fact that they were playing the Red Wings yesterday was a, or on Saturday was a little bit of a tough start, a tough first opponent for him just because they weren't going to get a lot of shots on him. So he wasn't, he was going to be a little bit cold at points uh, during the game. And the other part, and I think hence why I think they, he, uh, he looked a lot better as the game got on, as he start as he started getting a few more shots uh, over the course of the game. He started looking a lot more comfortable in net. And the other thing, and like you mentioned, the puck the puck moving thing. Um, the thing with Halak's puck moving is that uh, really it's the fact that I don't think the Canucks have had an active puck moving goaltender in a very very long time. Like yeah. Demko, like they have guys who like every goaltender is going to play the. They puck, they've never really had a Mike Smith play. type. Who's like especially oh. is who's known for playing the puck? Not a Mike Smith, a Marty Turco, like none of the or like a Broder. Like they've never had a guy who really wants to get his his stick on the, his uh his his stick in the play. He wants to he wants to make plays up to the defense and kind of move the puck. A lot of the Canucks goalies over that last time have very much been you know stay in the net, only come out if you absolutely need to. Like you know, and that goes back really to the Luongo era start of things because Luongo never played the puck at all uh and hated doing it so you can definitely tell this defense is not used to it and they've got a and it's something that i think as they get more comfortable with the for the with the new teammate they're going to get better at it and they're going to be able to and they're going to be able to anticipate where where he's going to put the puck a little bit better uh but yeah yesterday it definitely was uh or the other day it was definitely uh causing some anxiety attacks for people i'm sure uh, another thing from this game was just Connor Garland being an absolute pest and terrorizing uh, the Detroit Red Wings. I did not expect a game, an October game between Detroit and Vancouver to get this chippy and this, you know, intense. I don't, I, I was not expecting that. I, I was legitimately not expecting it. it. It reminded me back when the Red Wings were in the Western Conference, the Canucks were after the play them and Canucks were a good team and the Red Wings were a good team. It reminded me of that type of game. Obviously, the franchises are in two completely different places right now but that's a type of game it uh it reminded me of and Connor garland he had he you he, he was a pest and you know what oel we have to shout out oel oliver ekman larson he has a bit of snarl to his game it's not something i expected coming over from uh phoenix slash arizona no he yeah, i did not ex i didn't expect that side of his game either i thought he was a lot more passive 
than that. So it, it, it was interesting seeing him get into the into the into the heat of the battle quite a few times that quite a few times in the the first three games here, especially against Detroit. Um, Garland is who I, uh, so Garland is who I wrote about for my first article with Canucks Army, uh, basically talking about how. You know, the Canucks haven't had a Connor Garland type player for a very long time. Specifically, they haven't had a guy in their top six mm -hmm. who can play the agitator role, play that like that that role, getting under the skin of opponents, but it not come at the cost of his offensive. Lachlan, you know who he reminds me of? And, and I hate saying this as a Canucks fan. And, and the Canucks fans, you know, go ahead and, and throw I think I know exactly where you're and throw virtual here. tomatoes at me if you want. It, it's Brad Marchand. That's who he reminds that, me of. And I hate exactly saying it. I, I hate say. saying it because I hate Marshawn, but that's who he reminds oh, me of. He is a type of player who you love to have on your team, but if you're going up against him, you think he's a POS. And I don't yeah. want to say what that means because this is a family podcast. Yes. That um there was a very funny, there was a very funny highlight last year where I where uh in a game between the coyotes and the avalanche where uh, Connor Garland made Nathan McKinnon so mad that Nathan McKinnon threw a helmet at him or like he, like Nathan McKinnon wrestled his Garland's helmet off his head and then threw it at him. It was a very funny clip at the time. And, um, yeah, you're seeing exactly that. I'll give a comparable that people will like a little better, which is Alex Burroughs. I think it's that it's that guy, like the Canucks have had guys who can be the enforcer or like, you know, the guy who's there to just be the, uh, the drop the gloves type guy. Uh, but they haven't, but most of the time that means they're not really scoring. They're playing in your bottom six. They're playing maybe five, six, seven minutes a night. And their only job is to be like a deterrent. They're not really there to be a huge help on the, on the ice and winning games. So to have a guy like Garland who can do a little bit of that, but more so is uh, all about, scoring wants to score in fact and like that was one of his quotes after the game was that like he's he draws a lot of penalties in the nhl like he's one of the the guys that draw well i believe one of the higher players uh has one of the higher numbers in the nhl in terms of penalties drawn and he talked about how it's like he's like i don't think that's due to me being like a pest or anything i think that's due to me always having the puck on my stick and people having to try to try to defend against me so clearly he values that part of his game more uh, which is good because that's what you want. You don't want a guy who's, 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 um, first focus is always trying to throw another team off. You want a guy who's going to be focusing on winning games and trying to score goals and trying to be a playmaker. And if that, you get the little bonus of, he completely pisses off the entire Detroit roster numerous times over the course of a game. That's just a bonus. Yeah. And Connor Garland got, Detroit so mad they felt they had to address it in the uh, in the post game uh in the post game press conference and we'll get to that in just a second but first a word from our sponsor Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something truly for everyone when you talk to a Built Bar fan. They're definitely passionate about their favorite faves. They have great flavors such as coconut, cherry barcia, classic flavors like strawberry, orange, cookies and cream. And if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box which will get you two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. They have 17, 18 grams of protein in each bar, only four to five grams of sugar, and calories ranging from 130 to 180. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code 
LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, Lachlan, Philip Sedina. There was an incident with Philip Sedina and Connor Garland in that Detroit game where, and it wasn't it wasn't a malicious hit at all. You know, Connor Garland's you know sliding, trying to protect the puck, and Philip Sedina just runs into his back. And it caused like a whole kerfuffle in the moment, uh, a few penalties, a huge scrum, uh, what have you. And we mentioned how Carter Garland, you know, he gets under your skin as an opponent. He really gets under your skin. And uh, Philip Sedina felt the need to address it in the uh, the post-game press conference with uh, Detroit Media. Uh, he actually, you know, Philip Sedina had to get go off the ice and he was fine. He ended up coming back in the game. But uh, he, here's what Philip Sedina said about Connor Garland and that incident uh, after the game. I got the transcript right here. I'm okay. I was just reaching for the puck, and he just reversed me, I guess. You know, like the midget he is. It's pretty normal, you know, that he reversed hit because I don't think he's strong enough to battle me in the corner one-on-one. Lachlan, just a simple question for you. Are those comments fair or foul? Two things. Number one, like, Philip Sedina seems to, like, makes this out to be, like, he's way bigger than uh, Connor Garland. Connor Garland's 5'10. Uh Philip Sedina's six feet. So yeah. a two inch difference. Two inches. That's nothing. That's 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 I, barely I, you know, anything. I, I think Connor Garland's I don't think Car- Connor Garland's five ten. Oh, okay. He's so probably that's thing. probably the listed five ten. You know, everyone gets two inches yeah. on those things. Right. Because that was well, but, but you made a good point. They made a good point. Zadina's not a big guy either. Yeah, they're both the 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 thing is like the height is always based on them on skates, right? Because mm-hmm. why would you because really why would you measure them without skates, right? It doesn't make any sense. They're always on the ice with them. So, um yeah, so but yeah, so it's not like there's actually a huge height discrepancy there. Um to uh Philip Sedina, I get that, you know, English isn't his, you know, his his I believe his original language his his main language, uh but that that you can't say that like you just can't that like it you look at say like travis konechny the day like the day before on the ice calling uh garland an angry little elf again konechny's not that yeah not that much bigger than him either and but i got a bit it was that was pretty funny that was funny because it's a fictional character because he's making uh talking about a fictional creature yeah. like who it's doesn't like elf being. it's a great movie yeah who doesn't like elf who doesn't like playing dungeons and dragons like they're in their yeah exactly right but um philip zadina what philip zadina said was not like not okay like it's 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 uh it's ableist it's not it's just like it's one of those things where it's like yeah it's maybe not like a a band word but it's also just super not okay to say like it's been made pretty clear at this point that that's not uh, a phrase people should be using anymore um i don't care if it's uh it's meant to be somewhat of a joke like it's not it's not good like you just you just can't do that it's not okay and at the end of the day like at the end of the day i put it on I, as i put it on twitter the other day it's like it's not only is it like not like totally not okay language to use you're also just really it's just a self burn because you're basically like you're like oh i got dropped by a guy who's way smaller who's small who i feel is way smaller than me and really at the end of the day if you watch the tape uh Zadina put himself in a bad spot. Like that's not their Garland put it. You can't, it's like with cars, right? You don't blame the car that got rear ended. Like it's the, it's the car behind them's fault for hitting them because they could see the full, they had full view. Um, unless you're driving so, a Tesla with, uh, unless autopilot. you're driving, unless you're driving a Tesla on autopilot, but, <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, it's, 
it's it's very much a case of Zadina put himself in a bad spot. Garland stepped between him and the puck to try and take it away, try to create space. And Zadina was like leaning over to grab it. Uh, so he was in a completely bad spot. He hit Garland headfirst, like in, in the numbers. So it's not Garland. It's not Garland's. It's, there's nothing. It's a perfectly clean hit. Nothing Garland could have done to avoid the, to avoid contact. Um, it was very funny. It was just very funny seeing uh, the overreaction of the Red Wings. And, um, and then, you know, much less funny seeing the way Zadina tried to, to try to, to try to uh, defend himself, basically. Yeah, it was very much. Uh, I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Energy from uh, from Philip Sedino, which was which was pretty funny. And yeah. say what you want about him using uh, the, the the term midget. I, you know what? I, I'm more concerned with the fact that Philip Sedina is so you know hurt by Connor Garland. He has to use those type of words, right? Like that's that's kind of where I'm at, I'm at. Like yeah, you yeah. like you said, like you, you hey. Why you, you you got you got like a, you lost a puck battle? Why you gotta mouth off to the media right after that? It's funny. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It makes for good content. We're talking about it right now, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, it's, it, you mentioned the I'm not owned energy. Um, it's you that uh, same. I I feel like the same could go for Tyler Bertuzzi, who is just all over the. Like you could see, there were like a bunch of clips of him like laughing at, like making joke, cracking jokes on the on the bench, or like yelling at the like screaming at Garland after like he a was gra- trying to grab Garland after every and, after every whistle. Yeah, and I forget who tweeted. I forget what very funny person tweeted this uh, on Saturday, but they were like Tyler Bertuzzi is talking up a big game for a guy who will not play, who will not be allowed to cross the border for the next game against Detroit. Yeah, against I would hate. What if I'm Garland? So, I'm not getting too close to him. I'm yeah, no, six yeah, no, gross. Don't, don't get, keep as far away from him as possible. So yeah. Um, yeah, very, a lot of big, a lot of big, a lot of, there were, there were some little, there were some very small people on Saturday. Connor Garland wasn't one of them. Yeah, no way. There's a, uh, there's issues with, uh, with the Detroit Red Wings. I think if, if Connor Garland is letting them, you know, lose their cool, uh, that easily, but, That has it for today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. Make sure your second listen of the day is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy hockey league. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, this is Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. You can follow Lachlan Irvin on Twitter at Lock in the Crease. Make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have uh, full videos on there for every episode, every single day. And Lachlan, where can people find your work at uh, at Canucks Army? Well, uh, yeah, you said it right there, CanucksArmy.com. Uh, you can find all. You're gonna. You can find. I'm gonna be writing there quite a bit this season. Uh, so uh, make sure to keep an eye. Uh, on that, and then uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lock in the Crease, and um, and uh, you can also check out my other podcast, uh, the Crease Cast, which I host with Cody Sievertson uh, on Mondays and Thursdays. Awesome! Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's everything for today's episode for Locked On Canucks. Thank you for listening.